attributes that he had that the, the original 12 could not have provided, you know, the fishermen. Peter was rough. Paul was, Paul was something completely different. He was able to access places that the other guys probably could have never been able to go into. Pharisee of the Pharisee, you know, no. when it came to the law. He knew the people that he was trying to convince. He yep. knew exactly how they thought. Uh, Gamaliel said that he couldn't keep him interested in, in books. Saul was amazing. He just wanted to keep learning. And he carried that intensity, that part of his identity. I think he carried it into Paul. The remarkable story of the life of the Apostle Paul is repeated every day as sinful and broken people throughout the world are transformed by God's saving grace in Christ Jesus. Now that's exactly what the creators of Paul, the last apostle, want to capture in this series because there are many today who need to hear and see how God's love can change their lives just as it did in the life of Paul. Hi, and welcome to today's Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler, and it's my pleasure, friend, to have you join us as we welcome the actor who plays Paul, Ulysses Laura Mindy. Join us here in the Bot Radio Network studio on Mid-South Viewpoint to discuss the series, Paul, The Last Apostle. And by the way, we invite you to attend an advanced screening of the new TV series, including a meet and greet and a time of Q&A with Ulysses that'll take place tonight. And we've got details to give you. But first, Ulysses, welcome to Memphis. Your plane just arrived, touchdown. Literally. Would you like some peanuts or <laughs> coffee or tea? <laughs> they were offered. Thank they were you. offered. Okay. Well, well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's so good to have you here. I believe you flew in from Houston. Yes. Are you and uh, let's see? I was going to say the Astros. What is the Astros? Yeah, yeah. World Series champions. That's Houston right. Astros. You will. My boss next door office that he's a big Houston fan. Oh, so, well. Anyway, but we're so glad to have you here, Ulysses. Who is behind this? whole creation. We know Chosen has been a big hit yes. all across the world, and people have really been exposed to the gospel as a result Amen. of that series. Yes. Dallas Jenkins, I've had him on this show even before he did the series on some other projects that Dallas worked on. Yeah. But this particular one about the Apostle Paul, whose idea? So you have someone here locally in Memphis. He pastors a Hispanic church. And uh, his name is Oscar Gonzalez, and he's a writer and executive producer of that show. Him and um, another team of people uh, got together with the idea, but it was his original idea to do something about Paul. You're right. The Chosen has set a trailblaze for the rest of us. And I think people are really hungry for that type of content. And what's intriguing to a lot of folks is that there's been a lot of work done on Jesus's life, but not a lot on Paul. Not that really depicts Paul and his transformation. So we're really excited to bring him to people's homes and, and, and encourage them to get back to the Word and learn more about all the books that he wrote. I mean, yes. he wrote more than <laughs> half of the New Testament. So having him be now in, in a TV series like, you know, you mentioned The Chosen, 
um, is exciting. And I think people are looking for that. Well, you, you mentioned Oscar Gonzalez, the executive producer, creator, the writer. He is from Chile originally. Yep. He and his family, as you mentioned, are here in Memphis and part of the Iglesia Buenas Nueva uh, church ministry. Plus, I want to mention, too, that Oscar got his Master of Arts from Dallas Theological Seminary. We'll talk more why that's important as we look at producing this series and we look at biblical authenticity and yeah. the result of this whole project. But for your part, did you have to audition for it? I did. Um, it was an interesting audition. Um, I did it on Zoom Paul was very short. I'm six feet two. People say that I was miscast, but uh, I must have done something right with the uh, delivery of the monologue because Oscar and the director and everyone liked my audition. So, yes, I tried out for it and I got the part. Ulysses, what about your acting and your interest in acting? Where did that begin? It started as a child. My dad's a great storyteller, and I think I inherited that from him. In college, I did a lot of stage work, theater work, church stuff, plays. I actually make my living doing something else. I'm in the restaurant business. But I put that aside for a while. And about 15 years ago, I picked it back up. But but now on the film side, which if any of your listeners are following the same type of career, I encourage them to do theater first and then film because you're a much more prepared actor yeah. if you've gone through one and then the other. And that was very helpful to me. And then uh, as things have developed, God has brought projects to me and I have a different situation. Like I said, I pay my bills doing something else. So I'm interested in seeking projects that are significant, projects that are life-changing. So I haven't done a lot of work that, I mean, I don't want to do Dr. Pepper commercials. <laughs> you know, I, I, I rather do work that is glorifies God. And, and it's it's been a gift uh, that, that God has given me, and I want to honor him with that. So. Yeah. Did you have a relationship with Oscar Pryor? I mean, how did you hear about this role playing Paul? We, in the acting community, we follow casting directors. We're on social media. We follow uh, casting websites that have roles and jobs that are available. And I saw a casting notice by a casting director, Ronnie Hummel, who lives in Texas. And I've been following her for a while because I like the projects that she has done. And then she posted this about Paul, and I jumped on it immediately. (laughs) He started zooming. (laughs) Yeah. What have you, Ulysses, discovered about the life of the Apostle Paul by playing this part? (laughs) How long do we have? Yeah. (laughs) My life as a Christian, uh, because I grew up, I grew up in a Christian home and I knew about Paul, just like I knew of God. But my relationship with God didn't really start till I was in my 30s. Learning about Paul, even though I had read his letters and I I knew who he was, now that I've gone deeper into his life, both as Saul and Paul, has been kind of transforming. Uh, someone said in my family that this was a life-altering role. I'm beginning to believe that because we filmed a pilot in February. Here we are in September looking to do a couple of more episodes soon. And I have been reading, Byron, there's so much on Paul. So many historians have written on Paul. It's not just the books in the New Testament, but all the literature that's out there. Yeah. The, pe- the essays that have been written on his Mars Hill speech. It goes so deep and the theological implications of everything he was able to do. I mean, we wouldn't be sitting here today probably if Paul had not been chosen by God. The attributes that he had that the, the original 12 could not have provided, you know, the fishermen. Peter was rough. 
Paul was Paul was something completely different. Yeah. He was able to access places that the other guys probably could have never been able to go into. Pharisee of the Pharisee, you know, no. when it came to the law. He knew the people that he was trying to convince. He yes. knew exactly how they thought. Uh, Gamaliel said that he couldn't keep him interested in, in books. Saul was amazing. The, 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 he just wanted to keep learning. And he carried that intensity, that part of his identity. I think he carried yes. it into Paul. Yes. Yeah, I, I've learned a lot. I, I still, I'm still reading. Just picked up uh, all the collected works of Josephus just to learn more about the Jewish people and the Jewish wars, it's just to understand his identity as a Jew. So there's, a, there's almost too much information. I have a lot of uh, friends and uh, a lot of my pastor friends have uh, talked, sat down with me and talked to me yes. about, about Paul and right. how he was a melancholic bull in a china shop. <laughs> you know, that's how one of my pastors described him. And I have friends who have given me their photographs of their trips on the walks of Paul. You know, a lot of churches take people on these trips, he brought me all these albums uh, so that I could kind of dive in because I don't know if we have the budget for me to fly to, <laughs> to Greece before we shoot the next episode. Yes. <laughs> well, you look at the life and you, you look at someone who defended the faith and encouraged the church. I think those are the two things that really stand out. When you think about Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, yeah, you know? Me. And because of that identity that he discovered, this new creation, being mm -hmm. in Christ, yeah. that the identity now was Christ in us yeah. and us in Christ, that is something like no other faith or religion right. has, right? Yeah. It's interesting that we're studying Galatians right now. You just said that. And one thing that caught me on Sunday was uh, that, that really stood out for me was he called out Peter when he called him out in the synagogue in front of everyone. And he said, if you're going to stick to the law, then Christ died for nothing. Just think it's a huge message for our series, too. Oscar has said many times that the purpose of the show is to encourage the churches, to encourage the folks that are there a little dormant, a little lazy, spiritually lazy, to come out of their pews and go out and evangelize, which is what Paul did. And Paul suffered for God, even though I also find it interesting. And when he was killing and torturing and persecuting Christians, he was convinced 1,000% that he was doing it in the name of God. And for him to do that turnaround, and then for him to call Peter, another giant of our faith, to call him out and say, hey, what are you doing? There's so much there, you know, so much material. So, you know, I always joke with Pastor Oscar that he's got an easy job in writing the scripts for all his episodes because everything is right there in the New Testament. <laughs> the Bible to me is a perfect script. The stories there, judges, kings, I mean, you have so much there that doesn't need to be altered like some of these films that we've seen where yes. they have just taken the true stories from the Bible and changed them up. And you said earlier about biblical integrity. Yes. And that's one of our main goals with the show, too, is to make sure we stay with what's biblical. We don't add too much fluff. And we send that message very clearly, which was Paul's mission yes. this whole time. Uh, Ulysses, is there a particular part of the life and ministry of Paul that, as you've studied his life in doing this part, that you relate to personally? I would say just everybody wants to know what, what's Paul's thorn on his side. Nobody knows, but I think that his thorn was the fact that he never got over how much grace he received, how much forgiveness he received, and how much mercy he received. And that haunted him the entire time he was on his missions. So for me personally, I think 
I haven't been a good guy, Lord, but yet you've picked me and you've transformed my life and, and I've asked you to help me get rid of things and you did. And now I'm a changed man and now it's all completely different. So I identify with that transformation. And that's what we want to try and get people to, to kind of catch on and take away from watching this show is, man, if God can do that for Saul, what can he do for you? You're, no, you're not too far gone. Yeah. And, and then when you look at the human side, where he identifies, even as a believer in the human state in Romans, where he talks about, I do the things I don't want to do. Mm. Even the grace is poured out and we have that identity in Christ, yeah. we still blow it. I don't know about you, but I do. Oh, constantly. But the Father, he's there. I mean, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. I love the prodigal son because it's not really about the son. It's about the character of the Father, that he's always there. No matter what the son did, he ran out there and greeted him in the fields. And that's what our father's doing. Byron, I have three sons. I have three sons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're all grown up now. They're all, yeah. you know, a lot of testosterone in the house. Yeah, right? I know. Mine are grown up. Got yeah. grandkids now. Oh, I don't, yeah. I'm not there yet. Mine are still <laughs> college students. But I didn't really understand God's character until I became a dad myself. Becoming a father opened my eyes to the things I was doing to my father in heaven. My sons, I counseled them. I gave them advice. I told them what not to do. They did it anyways. Yeah. They rebelled. <laughs> they, they, they did all the things that I told them not to do. But yet I love those three men like nothing else on this planet. I know that God sees us in the same way. The filming, one show so far? We have a, a, a pilot a episode. Pilot. Yeah, pilot which episode. we could call episode one. Uh, yeah, episode yeah. one was actually filmed at the Capernaum Studios where I think the first three seasons of Chosen was filmed. What was that like? Amazing, because I'm a huge fan of that TV series as well. So being there and, and going to the places where, you know, Matthew was collecting taxes or Peter and Eden were crushing grapes, you know, visiting <laughs> those little spots on those on that set yeah. or being in the synagogue yes. uh, where a lot of the uh, pilot episode happens for Paul because he loved going into every synagogue yeah. every time he got to a town. Yes. That was amazing to be there. Yeah. I believe The Chosen was filmed uh, there season one and then they went to Utah and now they have their own studio. But Capernaum is growing. They're remodeling. I know they have a lot more facilities because they do other stuff besides... Uh, uh, biblical uh, productions. And uh, we're excited to try and go back there and do episodes two and three there. Who are some of the other actors that are working with you on this particular series? Yeah, I don't know that any of these <laughs> names will be known in the acting community. I mean, it's they're all Texas-based actors. Okay. Um, Lydia, who plays Hannah, an amazing actress. I don't know their resume. See, you Byron, have a Timothy too, right? Uh, we have a Timothy. We have a Silas. We haven't casted Luke or Barnabas. And of course, uh, we have an Aristarchus and we have the Bereans that were mostly background extras. And that was a lot of fun because we always encourage everybody to be more like Bereans and do your homework. Yes, right? yes. And that was, that was a lot of the message in the first pilot, too. Well, and I think the message is taken largely out of Acts chapter 17, I believe. That is exactly right. Is that yeah, right? Paul's journey much. back to Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's uh, in, in the episode that people can see tonight. It starts in Thessalonica, 
Uh, he's he's being chased out of Jason's house, which Jason and Hannah are, are mentioned in the Bible. Because of that, you mentioned three sons. I have a Joshua, a Jason, and a Jewel. We pick Bible names. Is that right? And we pick Jason out of that particular story Look because that. of that. Yes. Yeah. He's also in episode two, obviously, when he gets released from the magistrate. So we pick it up in Thessalonica. He, he is then stopping in Berea. He deals with the Bereans. The Thessalonica thugs find out that he's in Berea. They come chase him out of Berea. That's why the uh, episode is called uh, Unexpected Journeys, because Paul just kept being run out. And then in episode two, uh, which we'll film this in the winter, he's on his way to Athens. And that's when he meets the... Uh, the Greek philosophers and idolaters. Uh, I'm really excited about that episode because uh, there's so much packed in yes. that in that episode. Ulysses, are there plans of getting this project up and running similar to the grassroots management, marketing, and production cost that the Chosen series used to get its start? That that is a formula that has worked so well. Yeah, and you know we we want to copy that and use it. Like I said earlier, I think people are hungry for that type of content, and I think they'll get behind these well, types and of projects. I, and I think what's beautiful about it is when the faith community sees an opportunity that they can invest in, not only financially yeah. but also with their prayers, their support. Amen. And we see how God has used that, yeah. like through the chosen, yeah. to reach so many people with the gospel. We should be so blessed and fortunate that. Uh, we would get the uh, the financial break that Dallas got with the crowdfunding yes. at the very beginning. That would be amazing. And, you know, God's got plans, and we don't know what those are, but I know he's working. Yes, he is. I know he's yes. working. Well, producing a faith-based show that implements dramatic elements while maintaining biblical accuracy, which we mentioned, I would assume can be very challenging to be able to keep those two together. How are the scripts managed for biblical accuracy prior to production and filming? So we always have a table read. There's more than one person that's checking the script. And on set, there is a person who's just managing the script. So there's not a lot of ad-libbing. I'm not sure if that's what you're uh, getting to. Artistic license is one thing. Yes. But we don't want Noah talking to giant talking trees. I, I know what you're getting at. And I think I mentioned it earlier, but there's so much in the Bible itself that will carry us through those scripts that I don't really think we need to change it too much. Yes. I mean, some of these conversations that Paul had, some of these admonishments that he did to some of these churches when, when he wrote to the Galatians and said, what is wrong with you? You know, you're slipping. You, you know what freedom is and you're right back into your sinful nature. Um, the way he talked to the Greeks, the way he talked to the philosophers uh, at Oropagus, all that, it's already there, Byron, and I don't know that we need to manage it too much. Just stick to it, really. What about the speech accents of Paul? How did you come up with that? So that I actually your... have an, an accent coach, um, and, and Jim Johnson's in, in, in Houston. It's a fantastic uh, coach that was referred to me by my uh, acting coach. Deke Anderson, and we have to look for these guys who are pros to help us. He agreed that me being Cuban and having a Spanish accent with my R's and uh, <laughs> that Greek, which was one of the languages that Paul knew well, that having a Greek accent during the show would be beneficial yes. for the story. Uh, so I, I have been practicing that and I will deliver that Marshall speech in a live presentation at a breakfast here in town. 
in that accent. Ulysses, we mentioned a moment ago about Oscar Gonzalez, who is the creator, writer, and producer of Paul, the Last Apostle. Uh, also want to mention uh, Ruthie Grumbine, the director. Mm-hmm. Now, she Her interest in filmmaking started back when she was in eighth grade. That's right. She went to Liberty University and got her degree in filmmaking and has worked uh, on projects with Apple TV, some other projects too, I think. Pure Flex, I believe she's worked on. Yep. But uh, she's the director. What's it like working with Ruthie? It was great. Ruthie was very patient, uh, very gentle on set, um, to the point to where I um, I almost thought that sometimes she was too patient, <laughs> you know, because you know you have a you have production costs, you have budgets, you have a time limit for things, and uh, she could have been a little bit uh, more stern. <laughs> Because you have, it's a business yes. after all. Yes. But you know, one thing about Ruthie that I that I learned uh, because she had done so much um, crew work, camera work, light work, sound work. She knew she's not just a director that is just directing. She's a director that understands how something needs to be framed because she worked that part of the production or or where the sound has to be edited and if it could be edited because she did sound. And, you know, hey, I want this kind of lighting because she has done lighting. Yeah. So all these pieces, you know, if a person is going to call themselves a director, they need to have worked all those other positions. Yes. You know, <laughs> I'm telling you from experience because I know if I'm going to call myself a restaurant owner, I need to have washed dishes. I need to have tended bar. I need to wait tables. I need to have cooked before. Otherwise, you're not leading. You're just giving orders. I love And that. she understood everybody else's job on set, and that's what made her a really good director. Time is slipping away. I want to wrap up with a couple of things. Ulysses, why do you think it is that Christians today don't take their walk with Christ as serious as the Apostle Paul? That's a big question. And I think it's because Paul— First of all, he got his he got his assignment directly from Jesus, right on the road to Damascus. But don't we have the same commandment when he says, "Go into all the world and make disciples of That's, all nations"? Absolutely, <laughs> and we have and we have the Bible, which yes. they didn't. Yeah. Everything was word of mouth. Right. We have every home has. 10, 12 Bibles in it, right? And we have the internet and we have social media and we can learn so much more. We're spiritually lazy. All right, it's bottom line. I, I, I think, you know, the, the best thing that could happen to America right now is a revival because we are asleep and we're letting satanic and bad things just take over our country and our world. And that's why we're in the shape we're in. And we're spiritually lazy. I challenge your listeners to, I mean, we always say on the whole thing about politics to wake up America. Well, wake up Americans, wake up Christians, wake up because you're you're, you're sleeping at the wheel. I think that's what's going on. We're just taking it for granted, right? We've been in a country that's so comfortable. Everything is so peaceful. Everything is so, so good. I mean, our economy is challenged, but it's nothing. I mean, this is still the best country in the world because I wasn't born here. So I know what it's like somewhere else. And so we just take everything for granted, and we take our salvation for granted. We take grace for granted. Paul didn't because he knew what he had done, and he knew directly from the mouth of Jesus, you're going to be my messenger now. 
And those three days when he was blind, waiting for Ananias, that changed that man, as well as his time in Arabia, as yes. he went away and just consulted with God, and God had to reprogram the man, right? Yes. But can you imagine if Ananias had not obeyed? If he had not listened to God and gone there and prayed for him, giving him sight back? Yes. Where would we be today? I'm sure God would have found another Ananias. But I, I think what you just said is the key to my question, obedience. Okay. We talked about being spiritually lazy, which you just mentioned. Yes. But it's an act of obedience. If we would do what God has commanded us to do, exhorted us to do through the life of the Apostle Paul and his word and through the words of Christ, who is our Savior, yeah. then maybe we would have more radical lives too than like the Apostle Paul. Paul said at the end of his Mars Hill speech, until now, God has overlooked this ignorance, but you need to repent. He commands that you repent. He's not suggesting. He's not inviting you to repent. He's commanding because he's going to judge the world with justice. Tonight is the free last advanced screening of the new TV series, Paul, the Last Apostle, which includes this meet and greet and a time of Q&A with the actor who plays Paul, Ulysses, who is with us on today's show. The advanced screening takes place tonight. September 12th at Malco's Cordova Cinema. Mm -hmm. Of course, in Cordova, doors open at 7. This is a free event. That's correct. And they'll get a chance to meet you, shake your hand, ask questions. Pray, whatever they, they feel that God leads them to do, I'll be there for that. Ulysses, God bless you, my brother. Thank you Thank so you. much for coming to Memphis and, and sharing with our Bot Radio Network listeners. We're just going to pray and trust that, that this series is going to take off Amen. and really impact the world for the gospel and for the life of Christians to Amen. follow Christ with all. As Paul again refers to in the 12th chapter of Romans, I urge you to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. He had just spent the first 11 chapters that he goes, therefore, and mm -hmm. he explained everything, in the middle, and then he says, this is why you do it, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, right. holy and acceptable to him. Our reasonable service for what he did for us, Ulysses. Amen. God bless you, my brother. I'm yeah. so glad we met. God bless you, brother. And I look forward to updates. So anytime you're in town, please stop by and we can share more. Will do. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by here on the Bot Radio Network. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. This Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. Oh. 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 Wake up. We need to leave now. Brother, calm down. What's wrong? There's a mob on the way here. They weren't too happy what you said in the synagogue. They want to drag you to the city center for judgment. We need to leave. They're coming. They're close. Timothy, gather our things. Meet us in the back.